Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I believe that there is a call of God on everyone's life here. That it's not just the pastor, it's not just the worship leaders, that every one of you here today has a call. In fact, I was just so honored to be on Friday. There was an organization that held a phenomenal woman's uh, event. And the uh, Santa Clara County honored certain ladies that had really get, gone above and beyond. And on, on Friday, we were able to honor Rose Luera, who works with the gang task force here in the city of San Jose. And uh, just really cool, Judge uh, Chapman, who is uh, one of our judges here in Santa Clara County, has a big heart for not only men, but women as well. And she's, she's a short African-American lady, just fi on fire. She loves God. And, uh, you know, I'd never met her before, but she has such a great personality. I had to go up and give her a hug. So I don't know you, but can I hug you? And I've never asked anyone that before in my life. But she's just that kind of lovable person that I saw her, and I got, I got to go get a hug from this lady. And uh, we began to talk, and we shared about our desire to open up a women's home and so forth. She goes, listen, we need to set an appointment to get together so we can help you make that happen. So I could start funneling some of the ladies that come through our courts into that home because we need that kind of ministry going on here. That, that tells me that every one of us has a call. And what Rose does within the city of uh, the county and working with, with, with the gangs and so forth, she might not be a pastor, but she does more ministry in this city than I ever will. Because when you find your place and your calling, then you're able to operate in your area of strength. And I want you to, I want you to take a look at something as we look at Exodus chapter 3, starting with verse 4. As you're turning there, I want you to understand that this guy Moses that we're talking about is an 80-year-old uh, fugitive from law. He, he, he's, a, he's on the run because he's murdered someone, and he was at one time on the FBI's 10 most wanted list. Pharaoh wanted him dead, but all of a sudden Pharaoh dies. They kind of forget about that, and he's an 80-year-old fugitive tending his father-in-law's sheep, and it seems like his life has been wasted. Have you ever felt like maybe your life hasn't really counted? Don't raise your hands. Uh, you ever felt like, you know, man, God, what, what, what's my purpose in life? Where am I going? What, what's your plan? And you, you look at the education you've gone through. You look at the things you've gone through. And you think somewhere along the way, why? I feel like I've just wasted my time. Well, here we pick it up in verse 4, the burning bush situation. And God calls out to Moses, take a look at this in verse 4. And when he saw the Lord, when he saw the Lord, he, or when the Lord saw, I'll get it out. I'm dyslexic here. And when the, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, everyone say look, that God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to see what's taking place here as we, we kind of lay this foundation again of what we started sharing last week is that Moses is walking in the desert, tending his father's sheep, and he sees a bush that's burning, but it's not consumed. And apparently this bush had been burning for a while because it causes Moses to finally stop and take a look. And I want you to understand that the fires in life are important. We're going to talk about that, but 
Israel has called out to God. In fact, in chapter 3, verse 7, they cry out to God. And they're crying out to God because they're in bondage. But I want you to see what happens. Israel cries out to God. God cries out to Moses. Israel cries out to God because they're in bondage. So God cries out to Moses because God created Moses with the purpose of being a deliverer. And so every one of you has a purpose. Every one of you was born on purpose. Every one of you has been designed with a purpose. And whenever someone begins to pray about the struggles that they are going through, and you were created to be the answer or the solution or the remedy to that problem, that when they cry out to God, God cries out to you. Say it again, Pastor. You're, you're not hearing me. When the children of Israel cried out to God, they cry out because they're in bondage. Now Moses had been born for the purpose of delivering the children of Israel. So when they cried out to God, God cried out to Moses. And so God is crying out to us today here in America. Because how many know in America we got some issues right now? I don't care what side of the political structure you belong to. Republican, Democrat, Independent, this, this election is jacked up. We, we, we don't know which way to go. And in the, the, this process, things are pretty messed up. And you look at everything that's going on, and we're like, Real, this is the best that we could do? Out of the billions of people that live in America, these are our two best. This is the best that we... Now, now some of you are hardcore Democrat right now, and you're getting mad at me because you, you feel like I'm taking the side, or you're hardcore Republican, and you feel like I'm taking the side. The reality is, is that we need Jesus to move on our nation again. But the breakthrough's not going to happen in the White House. It's going to start in the church house. And that happens when we respond to the call of God to be the solution to the problems. Because I don't care who's in the White House. It's not going to change what's going on in the streets of San Jose. You think it's going to transform what's happening in your neighborhood, in your home, in your family? The only way change is going to happen where we're at is going to happen when you and I take a stand and become who God called us to be. You see, you are the answer to someone's prayer. Those kids, those young ladies that you're working with, they're, they're, they're in the city, Rose. You're their, when they prayed at night, God sends someone, you're the answer to their prayer. Every one of you is, a, is an answer to someone's prayer. But when we're caught up with our own crap, we can't see the needs of other people around us. Because when you're caught up in your own things, all you do is you, you, you begin to compare. Oh, that family needs food, but we need food. Shoot, we're struggling too to get by. Man, they want food and they need Christmas gifts. We're, I can't get my family the things. They, and we begin to compare. When you're struggling with your own issues, you have a hard time thinking about being a remedy to someone else's problems. Come on, church. But it's in, it's in helping other people that you actually set yourself free. See, it's in the middle of a fire. He sees a burning bush. Dave, you ready to burn, bro? You ready to burn? You know, Tony sat up here first service, man. And I told Tony he didn't have to burn, man. But, you know, you ready to burn? 
And so, so the burning bush is there. The flame is burning, but the bush isn't being consumed. Those of you that weren't here last week, we had two burning bushes. But this brother, I called up someone younger, and he got mad. And he started going faster <laughs> to try to prove that he, 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 he has it. And he asked me this morning, he goes, why did you call the youngster up? I had it. Come on, give, give, Dave, give Dave a round of applause, man. But I want you to understand that it's in the midst of fires in your life that God shows up. Say it again, Pastor. It is in the midst of your fires that God shows up. And many of us are looking for peace. We're looking for when everything's great. But don't run from the fires of life because you got to look for God in the midst of the flames. It's when the fire flames up in your marriage. It flames up in your, in your finances. It flames up in your body. It flames up in the neighborhood. Every problem that arises is because God is stirring up the deliverer that he created you to be to rise up and be the solution and answer the call. Now what am I telling you? In the midst of the fire that's where Moses replies in verse 4 here am I I want to know is there anyone in CWC that is willing to respond to God out of the fires in life and say God here am I come on somebody can you be trusted when the flames show up soon as the marriage gets hard, I'm out of here. As soon as the, my body gets sick, I'm out of here. As soon as this happens, I quit. We've quit marriages. We've quit jobs. We've quit churches. We've quit communities. We've quit our dreams and our hopes. We walk away from things just because things got hot. Not realizing that wherever you go, the fire keeps showing up. Because it's the fire that God's trying to use to call you, not to destroy you. And you're getting mad that wherever you go, this bush keeps showing up. Then God's saying, would you just stop and respond to the fire? You see, I want, how many remember the story of the three Hebrew children? Three Hebrew children. These guys, for those of you that don't know, Israel, because of their disobedience, ended up in domination, under bondage to another country by the name of Babylon. These kids were taken away from their homeland to another foreign land. And it was there that these three Hebrew children, uh, the the king built this big old idol to himself. And he had everyone bow down and worship the idol. But these three Hebrew children were like, we ain't doing that. Mm Mm-mm. We're not going to do that because we only worship one God. Now, we might be under dominion by you, but we are not going to bow to you. We only bow to one God, the true God, Jehovah God. And we're not going to bow down. And so the king says this, listen, you don't do that. I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. I'm going to have you burned up. And they said, listen, king, we don't even have to come up with an answer for you. on This isn't even a discussion. We don't even need to talk about this. You don't need to take us to court because, listen... Even if you don't, we're we're not going to do what you ask us to do. We're not going to compromise. Our convictions are too great. See, listen, God can save us from that fire, but even if he doesn't. See, we're, we're a people today that we say, I believe God is able to deliver me, but if he don't, I'm out of here. The three Hebrew children said, listen, I believe that God is able to deliver me. But even if he doesn't, listen, what, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't come through in your marriage, in your finances, in that body that's sick, in your struggle, in your battle, even if God doesn't, is he still God? 
And yet this, the three Hebrew children tell him, we don't even need to answer you on this. It's already been decided. That's the problem. You haven't decided yet. You can't make the decision when the battle shows up. you got to make the decision before the fire shows up. Keep burning, brother. And so I want you to understand, he's, he's fine, isn't he? It's his wife right there. She's like, mm, wait till I get you home. <laughs> I want you to see what happens. They, he, they, we don't even need to answer you on this. And many of us haven't made a decision. You know why affairs happen? Because you haven't said no before the affair showed up. Why is it that you find yourself compromising with those men, with those women? Because you haven't said no yet. You have to make the choice to say no before the opportunity arises. And so when it comes, the three, we, 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 we don't need to answer you on this. And they say, King says this, listen, he is so furious he says, crank up the furnace seven times hotter than it should be. Now, that don't make no sense to me. It makes no sense to me because if you want someone to suffer, make the flames lower. They'll burn longer. I've been thinking about this a while. You don't want it hotter because they're going to burn up quicker. But he is so angry that he says, fire it up. And so the, the, they tie him up. They tie the three Hebrew children up. They get the guards to throw them inside the fiery furnace. But when they open the door, the flames come out and consume the soldiers that were responsible for throwing them in. The three Hebrew children fall inside the fire, bound. And it's funny. All of a sudden, the king looks in. He's like, yeah, I got you guys. Uh-huh. And then he looks and they're, they're walking around. The bounds are gone. You see, many of us walk around in bondage outside the fire, not realizing that the fire is going to be the thing that's going to set you free. And it's in the fire that they're walking around. What's so cool is this, is that the king is like, We threw three men in, but there's four in there. And, and, and the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Now, how he knew what the Son of God looked like, I don't know. But he says that the, 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 there was an angelic presence about him that he recognized there was divinity in the fire. Some of you aren't going to find God until you step in the fire. And what's, a, what's a trip is this. Is that they, they look into the fire. They, they, I love this. Is that it, you look through the word. There's no evidence. No evidence whatsoever that the three Hebrew children saw the son of God in the fire. It was only the king. And those outside the fire that saw God in the fire. What, what am I telling? You might be in the fire and you can't see God. It's just burning and all you see is flames. But you don't realize it's the people outside the fire that see God walking with you in the midst of the fire. If you would just be obedient, don't run from the fire. Let God set you free in the fire. Come on, somebody. So where am I going with this? 
I don't know. All I know is that my iPad said you're taking too long. <laughs> Shut down on me. So look, look at verse 5 now. Are you with me? Yeah. Verse 5 says this. It says, then he said, do not draw near. David said, do not draw near. Now, now, that seems like a strange request. God says, take your sandals off. Now, Moses is drawing closer to God, and God says, stop. H- have you ever started drawing close to God, and it seemed like God told you to hold up? You're, you're trying to get close to God, and it seems like something's stopping you. You're, you're, you're drawing close to God, and all of a sudden, there's a check that happens. I want you to understand that it, it, we, we, got it, we, we talked about this in the first service, that when you, if you've ever been to anyone from, uh, been to, their, to someone's house from an Eastern culture or even a Polynesian culture, when you go to their house, what do you do? Take off your shoes. Why? It's a sign of respect. So all y'all that walked into my house with your shoes on, you just showed that you disrespected my house. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's the culture. And so it's a sign of respect. You, you leave your shoes at the door. And, and you, as you walk in, and, you know, Americans have kind of picked that up just because they don't want marks on their floor. But in the culture, there's a certain cultural thing. You know what I'm talking about. You're like, oh. Anyhow, let me, let me move on, Okay. But it doesn't mean just that to take off as a sign of respect. It's also changing the way you walk. You see, Moses, he's telling Moses, Moses, you can't come any closer until you take your sandals off. And it seems like a strange request. Moses, I I have a plan for your life. I want to do something with you. But you can't come any closer until you do something. And I want you to know that God is calling many of you here right now. And you're responding to the call. But you can't get any closer to God until you do something. What is it that he's saying? He's saying, Moses, you got to take off your sandals. What do you mean? The sandals literally represented this. You know, you got to remember, what was Moses' job? A shepherd. What do shepherds hang out with? Oh, you're good. It's one of the smartest churches in the Bay Area, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, come on now. What do sheep do? Man, you guys came up with that fast. What else do they do? They eat, right? They poop. What else do they do when you... They follow their shepherd, yeah. What else? Eat, poop, sleep, pee, and follow. That's all they do. That's all the sheep do. And for 40 years, Moses has just been leading these guys through the same path, walking through the dirt, walking through the the pathways, and his feet are covered with, with sheep crap. The smell of urine. Dealing with the dust of the trails that he's been through over and over again. And he's going through it. And it represents his past. But it also represents his old path that he used to walk. And God's saying this, Moses, I want to do something great with you. But first thing I want you to do is I want you to take off your sandals. I want you to take off the crap that you've been dealing with the past 40 years. I want you to take off the dust of your past experiences. I want you to let go of yesterday so you can walk in into a new today. 
See, if you take a look at the book of Matthew chapter 10, we're going to close in a moment. Stay with me. Matthew 10 says this. If anyone, any household or any town refuses you to listen to your message, shake off the dust. Someone say shake it off. Says, so shake off the dust. Jesus was telling the, the apostles, when you go out and minister and someone rejects your word in a town, he says, shake the dust off your feet. It doesn't mean, well, go to hell then. We'll forget <laughs> you. Chale for you, man. You know, forget you guys. See what happened. You know, I don't give a rip. You know, go to hell then. Burn. Burn them. That's not what he's saying. Because that's not the character of God, right? That's not the character. But God says this, shake the dust off. Someone say, shake it off. Well, what he's saying is this, is get rid of that experience. Don't carry that experience into the next city that you go into. Don't carry that, 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 that failure. Many of you that are salespeople here, you can't carry the rejections of the past four no's that you got into the next one because you try to sell the product. Well, you, you really don't want to buy this, do you? Right? You, you really don't need this, you know. I, you just got rejected 12 times. You, you really don't want to buy this, right? It's, you know, it's a great product, but I know you don't want to get it. Of course I don't want to get it because the way you're, you're selling. What you have to do is you have to be able to get rid of yesterday. And you know, that's why many of you are having a hard time even in your relationships. Because it's not even just dating the guy that you're with or the woman that you're with right now. You're dating all the other people they dated before. Because you're carrying all the baggage. You're carrying, you're carrying the baggage of Joe, of Juan, of, 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 of Pablo, of... of, of Bill, okay, there you go. I just want to throw you in there again, Bill. And so you're, and Stephen, you've got, you got all these, all the, and, and every one of them that hurts you, every guy you're with, you're talking, or every girl you're with, you're talking about how so-and-so hurts you. And you're, you can't even get through all that crap until like the fifth date because you're still dealing with all the struggles that they went through. You're not dating that person. You're dating that person and all their exes. Shake it off. You, you, can't, you can't find anyone to, get, to, to date or to get married to because you're not single. You got all these soul ties that you're connected to people with. And he says, shake it off. You, you can't walk into a new thing with an old experience. Say it again, Pastor, you can't walk into a new thing with an old experience. You got to shake it off. And what God tells them, you can't come closer because the ground you're about to step into the ground you're about to step into is holy. I, I'm here to prophesy to some of you. You are about to step into a new season. You're about to step into something that, that you've never stepped into before. You see, in verse 5, he says this. Then he said, do not draw near to this place. Take off your sandals from your feet for the place where you, you stand. Is holy ground. Now, now, literally, it literally means, holy ground literally means ground of holiness. That's deep, huh? And what was holiness? That holiness means to be set apart. I'm going to ask the worship team to come help me. It literally means to be set apart. And what makes it special? What made this piece of dirt more special than this piece of dirt? The fact that God showed up. That's it. People look at you and say, well, what makes you so special? God showed up. You saying you're God? No, but he showed up in my life. That, that's what makes me holy. I'm not holy in and of myself. See, I want you, it took God's presence to make the ground special. See, I, do you understand that mankind are just dirt bags? 
<laughs> Ladies are like, yeah, I dated a lot of them too. No, man is just dirt. God formed us out of the dust of the ground and blew breath into him. What makes us holy, what makes our ground, you are holy ground. Whenever God breathes into you or shows up in your life, wherever you go, you become holy ground. Wherever you step, you bring holy ground. Why? Not because of who you are, but because of who God is. God demands holiness. First Peter, he says, be holy for I am holy. And what's so great about God is God comes down to where we're at in order to lift us up to where he's at. You got Peter, who since a child, he was a Jew. And as a Jew, there were certain things you didn't eat. They were considered to be unclean. Now, Peter would have had a hard time being a Latino because no carnitas, no baby back ribs, no ham, no lobster, no shrimp. Uh, yeah, he was. And yet, as he's sitting there after the death and resurrection of Christ, he sees this blanket come down. And on that blanket, that's what all is on the blanket. And it said, he hears a voice that says, rise and eat. And Peter's like, oh, no. No, 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 God, I've never touched, never touched that stuff before. I'm clean. I'm, I, I, I don't get involved with that. And God does it again. Another blanket comes down with the same stuff on it. He says, rise and eat. And he's like, God, I, I won't do that. I've never done that before. And it happens a third time. And he says, I won't touch it. And God says, listen, do not call unclean that which I've touched. In other words, God is saying this. Whatever I touch becomes holy. Whatever I touch becomes separated. See, your holiness isn't because of you. Your holiness is because of God. It doesn't make you better than anyone else. It just means that God showed up in your life. That's all it means. Is that when God shows up, I'm holy. But I can't move forward until I first take off my past. I need you to understand. It's time for you to let God touch your life. Oh, come on. I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about an encounter with God. It's time that we learn to shake it off. Somebody say shake it off. See, you've heard the story of the old farmer and his donkey right old farmer had a old well that was there and he begins to hear his donkey crying out and just bellowing out and he goes looking for his donkey and this is a faithful donkey a good donkey and he's looking for him and he finds him at the bottom of an old well that's no longer in use but the old man's like man I can't get this guy out there's no way I can, he's too far down. There's no way I'm going to be able to pull him out of there. So his decision is, you know what, I'm just going to turn the well into a tomb. I'm just going to bury him. So here's this poor mule looking up at his owner that he served for years. And he's looking up at him with sad eyes thinking, get me out of here. 
And as he's calling out, all of a sudden, he looks up at the top of the hole and sees his, his master there with a shovel and, and dirt. And all of a sudden, boom, it hits his back. He's thinking, what are you doing? I'm calling you for help and you're throwing dirt on me? You're, you're trying to bury me? That mule had a choice to make. That I either allow this guy to bury me here or I can shake off the dirt and step back up. I can shake it off and step back up. And so shovel after shovel comes down and hits him on the back. But all of a sudden, the, the farmer begins to realize that what was meant to bury the donkey is actually going to be the thing that's going to deliver the donkey. And I'm here to tell you something, that if you would respond correctly to the dirt that is dropped on your life, instead of complaining, instead of getting mad, instead of just sitting there and feeling sorry for yourself, if you would do what the Word of God says and shake the dust off, then step back up and move forward, there will be nothing in your life that will be able to bury you, to put you down. And that thing that was meant to kill you, will deliver you. Oh, come on, stand to your feet this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.